my knee. If you could clone Brett Favre and put him in all the positions on the field, and then you played against another team of clone Brett Favre's, right. I, mean, I, mean, I think the universe would explode. I mean, I... Oh, he put the team on his back. No, let's go inside the mind of Greg Jennings. Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. Bad man! Hello and welcome to episode number two of the Yet Another Packers podcast. My name is Andrew Kula, and uh, I'm here with my co-host, Evan Massey. How are you, Evan? I'm doing very well tonight. How about yourself? Good. It's a, it's a late night Wednesday. Um, we actually, this is actually, should be episode number three, but we had a little bit of a, uh, a mishap on my end on the editing side of things, so we have a ghost episode out there that maybe we'll... Uh, We'll submit to people on like a B-side of an album someday. But um, I'm happy to be here and excited that we can kind of break down uh, tomorrow night, uh, or if you're listening to this on Thursday, tonight, uh, this final game of the preseason for the Packers, and then we're going to definitely get into a lot of roster talk and a bubble talk. So um, Evan, I think the biggest thing right now, uh, at least the biggest thing on my mind, uh, other than, you know, how's this offense going to look for Chicago, and Chicago is heavy on my mind. In fact, I had a nightmare about the Bears last night, but we don't need to get into that. Um, I, I want to kind of start here and talk about the backup quarterback situation between uh, Deshaun Kaiser and Tim Boyle. Um, obviously, if Aaron Rodgers goes down for an extended amount of time, the Packers are in trouble. Uh, kind of no matter what, but um, you know if, if they need a guy who can win a game or two, uh, that battle seems to be uh, what it's going to come down to on Thursday night. So I'd love to get your thoughts on both players and kind of see where you're leaning here. Yeah, sure. As of last week, I was on the Deshaun Kaiser trade. Um, I really thought he would prove that he deserved the spot. Unfortunately, that simply has not been the case. Tim Boyle's been sharp. He's been accurate. He's faced every challenge thrown his way. Quite frankly, he's won me over. I'm not saying that there isn't a place in Green Bay for Kaiser, but I think at this point in time, Boyle has earned that backup job. Um, On the other hand, though, if it is Kaiser, the Packers should consider moving him. Um, You know, they could likely get like a fifth-round pick, something like that, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, If you can get a pick, you take it. If nothing is offered, maybe you keep him around. On the other hand, if they roll with Kaiser again, um, Boyle is an ideal practice squad kind of guy. He's the kind of guy that flies under the radar. There's a good chance Green Bay could sneak him out of the practice squad. That may be the route they choose to go because they could keep three guys. I don't think they keep three guys on the actual 53-man roster, but I think you could look at a guy like Boyle kind of sneaking back in on that practice squad. Um, and as you mentioned, if Aaron Rodgers goes down, I think the Packers know that they're screwed. Um, he has had trouble with injuries um, over the past couple years. And Kaiser, quite frankly, did not play well um, last year. He had a couple flashes. But uh, having a third quarterback, whether it's on the roster, whether it's on the practice squad, definitely gives them options. They need to keep at least uh, you know one quarterback, possibly two, that are proven ready to play in the Matt LaFleur offense. Um, but I don't think they keep three on their actual roster. Yeah, I, I just don't see three being a realistic option either, especially with the depth. At wide receiver, uh, there's been a lot of talk about, hey, do they maybe keep two fullbacks considering how much uh, Matt LaFleur likes that fullback position? Uh, They're going to want depth at running back. There's a couple bubble guys there. And then, of course, on the defensive side of the ball, um, 
you can never have enough corners and safeties. I just don't think it would be smart to to take three if you if you get down to the point where you need a Kaiser or Boyle to step in for a long period of time. At that point, like you mentioned, the season's probably over. You might as well just go find a veteran who can be the backup to that guy. So I'm I'm definitely there with you. Um, as far as what the two have produced this preseason, granted it is preseason football, so you know kind of take it for what it's worth. But Boyle has thrown five touchdowns for. 338 yards, uh, and he also hasn't thrown a pick, which I think is probably the most important thing here. Kaiser has shown to be a little bit loose with the football. He did throw an interception so far this season. And I think the thing with Kaiser, too, and I'd love to kind of get your analysis on this, but what I see from him is just a lot of indecisiveness. He's already been sacked, uh, I believe, five times this preseason. Um, and if it's not five, it's, it's definitely three or f- four times. So it's been four times officially. So he's been fact sacked four times this preseason and I think a lot of that is he just either one he locks on to a receiver so it makes it really easy for the the cornerback to defend or two he's just indecisive and he doesn't really have uh that gut gut instinct to go and throw the ball and that's a lot what I see from Boyle maybe he's not the best athlete out there but he can throw the football and he's not afraid to to make a big throw and throw a touchdown I would love to kind of hear what you think there Oh, I completely agree. I think you've seen a couple a couple coverage sacks, but for the most part, I think it's the Kaiser trying to move around. Maybe he doesn't trust an angle, something like that. But when you have that hesitation, you're either going to A, get sacked, or B, you're going to make mistakes and throw interceptions. And I, I quite frankly agree. I just don't think he quite has his head where it needs to be. And that's been the issue with him his entire career. Coming out of Notre Dame, people loved his athletic ability. There's no denying his athleticism. There's no denying his arm. But if you can't make quick decisions, yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to see. And uh, if you're listening to this maybe on Friday or Saturday, you might already know. But uh, we'll, we'll get to that. I do want to talk really quickly about some of the injuries. Uh, and honestly, all the news coming out of Green Bay right now is actually pretty good, uh, especially compared to the injuries that we're used to. It seems like Matt LaFleur actually kind of sacrificed to the injury gods uh, when he tore his Achilles uh, playing basketball because – even the injuries that look like they could have been pretty bad have ended up de- being decent for, for the Packers. Uh, Oren Burks uh, had a torn uh, pectoral muscle. A lot of people were saying, hey, that's a season-ending injury. What we're hearing is that um, you know it could just be a couple weeks here uh, and get him back. Equinemia St. Brown, uh, you know, four to six weeks on that uh, high ankle um, issue that he has going on. And, uh, you know... I don't know if he'll necessarily be back in that six weeks. Uh, that's just when it will heal. You know, getting him back in the game shape will be a different, uh, a whole different equation. Uh, Alan Lazard was kind of banged up uh, the other day in the game. I think he's okay. I haven't heard anything that says he wouldn't be. Kevin King is still up in the air. Haven't heard much on him. And then, of course, there's Rashawn Gary, uh, the first-round pick, who was banged up against the Raiders. He was back in practice this week, so it sounds like he'll be okay, too. Um, all these guys are kind of banged up one way or the other. Uh, I guess what's kind of who do you think is the most important out of out of those players that we mentioned in terms of getting them back and getting them healthy? It's hard to pick one. I think I think all of them um, have differing levels of importance. But I think if you're looking at who you need on the field, I think honestly the guy that you're looking at is Oren Burks. A lot of people say Rashawn Gary there. I love Rashawn Gary, what he brings to the table. I want to see him healthy and have a good season. But Oren Burks was penciled in as a starter and inside linebacker. The Packers don't have depth there. They haven't really made a move to shore up the depth either, even though they've been rumored to be working the phones looking for something. 
having him back in a couple weeks, whether it's week two, whether it's week three, whether it's week four, whether it's week eight, getting him back on the field in time to make a serious impact down the stretch of the season is going to be huge for the Packers. Yeah, obviously it'd be great to have him week one against the Bears. Uh, it does seem like it's going to be, like you mentioned, probably you know after that first quarter of the season, I think we'll have a serious look at Burks. Uh, Gary, everything I heard uh, is he's going to be okay. It looks like he got back to practice pretty easily. Uh, probably one of those situations where they're just trying to play it easy uh, with a rookie in the preseason. I'm going to be a little bit... Uh, I guess I'm going to fight you a little bit on this. I think Kevin King is probably number 1A in terms of importance, at least in my book. Uh, if you look at what the Packers have right now with um, Jair Alexander, uh, Josh Jackson as a number three potentially, uh, you know, um, what's his name, Tremont Williams, uh, Tony Brown, they're actually really deep at cornerback. And I can only say that if King is healthy because if they have to – uh, put Tony Brown at wide receiver or at cornerback number two, or perhaps have Josh Jackson out, Josh Jackson out there at number two. Things get a little bit dicier. But if you have a a starting two of Kevin King and Jair Alexander on the corners, and then you can throw Jackson in the slot, you can throw um, Tony Brown in the slot, you can throw Tremont in the slot. We've seen him play safety, so you know he can play that middle of the field. I just feel so much better about that cornerback depth there if Kevin King is healthy and I think with how physical he can be with how 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 strong he is when he actually plays there's a very good potential that the Packers could have one of the better cornerback uh units in the NFL if he's healthy so uh as always it seems like the Packers defense uh seems to rest on one or two players being healthy in order for them to live live up to their potential and I think that Honestly, King's going to be that guy. If he can play this year and, and actually prove and live up to his expectations, I think the Packers, the sky's the limit for their defense. Oh, I agree 100%. I love what King brings. He's big. Um, he's physical. The question that you have with him, though, is, like you said, his health. Obviously, the thing, the thing about him that I like, though, um, even despite these injuries, I've never seen a guy keep his head up like he has. You know, he's still confident in himself. He's still ready to make a difference. Hopefully this year, like you mentioned, Matt LaFleur, you know, made the sacrifice with his own Achilles. If he did, I do agree with you. I do think Kevin King can be, you know, the X factor for the defense. That's 100% agree. So, speaking of injuries, obviously the big thing uh, coming up uh, on Thursday evening against the Chiefs is obviously hopefully nobody gets injured. That's probably priority number one for the Packers. Granted, there's going to be a couple players out there who are really looking to make the team, uh, and I doubt we're going to see anybody of any consequence in terms of whoever's going to end up starting and playing against Chicago. Wondering with that all in mind, what you're thinking you'd like to see out of the Packers against the Chiefs on Thursday, Evan? I mean, obviously you're going to get a really long look at both uh, both quarterbacks. I think both Kaiser and Boyle are going to get a half to run with. Um, they're going to be given some freedoms. I think the Packers are going to go all out to see what each player brings to the table in the final week. As I mentioned before, I think this is a best man takes it. Best man in this game, I think, takes that number two quarterback job. So you're looking at both of those guys. Uh, Dexter Williams has been really fun to watch. Uh, I want to see him get some run. Uh, I'd like to see Aaron Jones possibly get a few carries. I uh, don't want anybody getting hurt, though, so just a couple carries here and there. That being said, though, at the same time, I have no problem if they sit him out again. You don't want to have a guy jump in there just to get hurt with a few carries in preseason action. Um, wide receivers, you're looking at Kumaro, Darius Shepard, Lazard. Hopefully um, he gets to play. But those three guys are 
are definitely going to be big impact players. They're young. They could use a little bit more work. Um, the last guy on offense I want to watch is Trevor Davis after his big game last week. Five catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown. I think he locked in that roster spot that we were talking about um, on the first episode. Defensively, there's just a few guys. Raven Green is a guy I really like. Pro Football Focus actually had him rated as the highest-graded Packer in preseason action. That's that's impressive. You know, you haven't heard about this guy very much, especially with Josh Jones no longer with the team. Green really could carve out a role. Um, and a guy that you mentioned just a little bit ago, Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson. I want to see him play um, a decent little amount just to get some more work in. I'd also like to see a little bit of uh, Rashawn Gary. Uh, granted, you know, I think again, like I mentioned, the most important thing is keep them healthy so I, I don't want to see Gary play for you know two quarters uh maybe a quarter you know two two series on defense the more reps he gets against actual real competition the better uh and we know that Mike Patton defense coordinator is not necessarily going out there and showing everything especially with Gary uh they're being very vanilla just kind of having him rush the edge uh in the season we'll probably see him on stunts we might see him in the middle we might see him as a stand-up backer there's a uh, in the middle, uh, so kind of like an inside linebacker on a stunt or a blitz. So there's definitely a lot that they're going to want to do with Gary. I just think the more that he can get out there, as long as he's healthy and able to play a little bit, um, and the more he can get out there and actually show show something, uh, the better the better his long term uh, prognosis will be. Granted, uh, will they play him? I'm not sure. It all depends on the injury. So let's kind of um, yeah, I do want to get into some bubble talk here before we wrap things up but uh one interesting interesting thing that's been kind of going around Packer Nation right now and um you hear it a little bit if you talk to some of the the other talking heads listen to some of the other podcasts out there is the battle at left guard uh between Lane Taylor who's been the previous starter and uh Elton Jenkins who was the Packers second round draft pick he's obviously um, somebody they view very highly, and he's played incredible uh, from everything that we've seen this preseason and everything coming out of camp in Green Bay is that he's he's really living up to his billing. Uh, so, Evan, I'm kind of wondering what you're hearing about that that battle right there. Yeah, I like the competition. You know, Elton Jenkins is the type of guy that you want to see come in as a young player competing for a starting job. I personally like Lane Taylor a little bit more right now simply because he has experience. Um, but Green Bay does seem to want Jenkins to start, and I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, Taylor could find himself on the trade block, to be honest with you, or he could stick around as a backup. You can never have too much depth on the offensive line. Um, but as of right now, I think Jenkins is very likely the starting left guard. Yeah, uh, so there's kind of two thoughts that I have here. One, you don't take a guy in the second round, especially at that position, uh, if you don't plan on playing him a bunch. And, and then two, uh, which I think is kind of interesting, is uh, Lane Taylor's obviously a, uh, a well-respected player at his position. Uh, and he's getting paid pretty well. He's getting paid a lot more um, than Jenkins right now. Uh, and you don't necessarily pay a guy as much as you're paying Lane Taylor for being a backup. So something's going to have to give here. Uh, do you think we're ultimately going to see a trade? I think there's a strong possibility. If they, if they really like Jenkins that much and they're confident in him, then yeah, I think probably you put him on the trade block, see what you can get. They're not going to trade him just to trade him, though. I think you have to be offered something. I think you saw that with guys like Mike Daniels. You saw that with... Um, uh, Josh Jones, guy, you know they just weren't getting offered the right the right pieces. Unfortunately for the, both those guys, you know the Packers saved some money by cutting them. Um, but I think Taylor stays on the roster unless a good offer's out there. It's gonna be interesting to see. Uh, I like the idea of having depth there. So you know, best case scenario, 
um, or maybe not even best case scenario. It seems like they they're in a good position to have multiple best case scenarios, and that's what happens when you draft players who end up living up to their potential. Uh, now the Packers have options, especially uh, at that guard spot that has kind of been a weakness in the past couple of years. Uh, so it's nice to actually have options, and it says a lot about what uh, Gutekinds has been able to do, um, at least with some of these early draft picks. We've seen Jair Alexander definitely be a hit, and now it seems like Jenkins is going to be a player that uh, will live up to the potential as well. And that's not even talking about Darnell Savage, uh, who I'd love to talk about at a later podcast. Um, so let's uh, let's kind of wrap it up here. I do want to talk about... Uh, the bubble because uh, there's a very good chance that by the time our next podcast rolls around we'll be talking about the Bears and this roster will be complete it'll be cut down that 53 Uh, there's going to be players who are definitely on the bubble right now who are not going to end up being on this team perhaps they'll get picked up on waivers perhaps they'll end up on the practice squad Uh, but I kind of wanted to run by here uh, or run down these names and kind of get your thoughts on it so we already talked about um, Deshaun Kaiser Tim Boyle Uh, Just kind of put it in stone here. Who do you see, and then uh, what do you see happening to the other guy? I think Boyle ends up winning that backup quarterback job, and I think Deshaun Kaiser gets traded. That will be interesting to see. You think, and you mentioned earlier, you think maybe fifth-round pick, something along those lines? Yeah, fifth-round pick, fourth-round pick if you can possibly get it, but I think fifth-rounder is probably about where his value is right now. Yeah, well, uh, we know that Gutekinds can certainly use those picks, and he's pretty good at them, so I, I would not be... Uh, incredibly disappointed in that result, especially everything we've seen from Kaiser so far. Uh, let's talk about a guy who's definitely getting a lot of play at the cornerback position, Chandon Sullivan. What do you think about him? I absolutely love him. I think there's a very good chance he makes this roster. It'd be very difficult to cut him. Last game, he actually had four defended passes. Um, he looks good and provides excellent depth. I think he makes the roster. Excited to see what he can do. Um, and depth, like we mentioned before with Kevin King's injury, that's going to be really important at cornerback. Um, he might be a guy that they can sneak over to the um, to the practice roster, but uh, I kind of I think I agree with you uh, with King, you know, being a question mark with depth being so important there. I especially if they end up trading Kaiser and only going with two quarterbacks, I think they're gonna probably allocate a position there, um, one more roster spot to that cornerback spot. And Sullivan, for all intents and purposes, he seems like he's the guy. Uh, let's talk about a player who was drafted last year, sat out um, for personal reasons, but he's back in camp. Looks pretty good um, from what we've seen. Obviously, he's going through some growing pains, but he's got potential, and that's Cole Madison. What do you think about him? I think at this point in time, he makes the roster. Green Bay struggled a little bit with the you know line depth last year. Um, he's played pretty well. The coaching staff really seems to like him. I think he sticks it out this year, and he plays on the 53-man roster. Uh, safety. Uh, obviously, Darnell Savage is going to hopefully be a big playmaker for the Packers, and Adrian Amos uh, is a guy that um, you know they really like. He's extremely solid. Uh, definitely put some investment into him to get him over here from Chicago. Uh, Raven Green, for all intents and purposes, uh, is going to – sounds like he's going to play a little bit of a hybrid between safety and weak side linebacker, um, especially with uh, – with Oren Burks being out in the beginning of the season. Um, the Packers, again, have pretty good depth there. want to talk about Natrell Jamerson. He's actually been a, a big-time playmaker for the Packers this, uh, this preseason. He leads the NFL right now in pass breakups. He uh, got a pick a couple games ago. Looks really good. What do you think about him? I like him a lot, personally. I actually have him off the roster and on the practice squad, hopefully. Um, 
you got you know Raven Green out there, and Tremont Williams can also switch up and play some safety like he did last year. I think they're comfortable with that if it has to happen. I think Jamerson ends up just missing the roster. Okay, well, that'll be interesting to see. Let's head on over to the offensive side of the ball. We've talked about this before. We talked about it in the last podcast. Uh, I do think um, you know there's a chance that both these guys make the uh, the roster at wide receiver, especially now that Equinemia St. Brown is, will probably be on injured reserve. What do you think is going to happen here between Alan Lazard and Darius Shepard? Well, prior to the EQ injury, I thought Darius Shepard was the guy. Following that, though, I actually think they're going to keep Lazard. Um, the size is there. He plays a very similar style to EQ, so I think until EQ comes back, I think that's who's on the roster. But I could see both of them making the roster. Especially if Packers end up keeping seven. What I have heard is a theory thrown out there, and I, I actually I, I think I might subscribe to it. Uh, Lazard, with as big as he is, coming from ISU, if the Packers wanted to try to cut him and get him through waivers, especially with how productive he's been, uh, there's probably a good chance that some other team's going to pick him up and say, hey, listen, he's probably better than our sixth wide receiver. Shepard was a camp invite, not even an undrafted free agent. From a small school, not really a big name. I think he's probably getting a little bit more hype uh, in Green Bay circles than he is nationally. So if they had to cut somebody uh, and throw him down to the practice squad, it's probably Shepard who can make it through. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how that shake out, uh, th- how that shakes out. Let's uh, stay with one last offensive uh, battle here. Dexter Williams and uh, Tra Carson. Uh, Carson's played really well. Um what do you think here? You know, honestly, I'm a big fan of Carson. I think he's shown a lot in preseason, major flashes. But I just don't see Green Bay getting rid of Dexter Williams. You know, he's, he would get picked up very quickly by another team. Um, I think Dexter Williams makes the roster. I think they would like to have Carson on the practice squad if possible. Uh, but Dexter is my pick. Yeah, um, I, I'd agree with you. The Packers obviously were pretty high on um, Dexter, and uh, he does make sense for the zone running scheme that Matt LaFleur is looking to play. Uh, he's got pretty good patience, and he's one of those one-step cut runners who is patient enough to find the hole, hits the hole hard once he finds the opening. So I, I think they're going to go with him as well, but Carson has played really good. If they can get him on the practice squad, I think that would be a win there. All right, Evan, let's uh, let's kind of wrap up here. I, I do think uh, both of us want to come back pretty quickly after uh, preseason game number four and start looking ahead to the Bears. Um, what are your final thoughts? Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing the backup quarterback decision uh, here after this this next preseason game. A lot rides on that. Um, not, not a whole lot uh, other than that outside of this, you know, first uh, outside of the first regular season game. I'm excited to see the game against the Bears. Um, last season's matchup, week one, was definitely exciting. I'm hoping for something like that. Or, I mean, Green Bay could just blow them out. That's fine, too. Um, but I'm really excited about meaningful football. I'm ready to get another season of Packers football started. Yeah, me too. We're going to come back pretty hot and heavy uh, after this preseason game. Uh, I, I'd love to have some conversation about the depth chart and how that all shook out. Uh, but we're going to be back and back in action for episode number three, and we're going to go heavy on Bears. Um talk about what this game means for the Packers with you know we talk about the rivalry we talk about getting a hot start from Matt LaFleur and Rodgers in this new era uh there's definitely a lot I want to chat about so um if you're tuning in thanks for listening if you're tuning in that means I did not screw this one up so um hooray me uh give us a follow over on Twitter at Packers underscore podcast give uh, Evan a follow on Twitter you can give me a look too And uh, yeah, thanks everybody for tuning in and we will talk to you soon to talk about real 
meaningful week one NFL football between the Green Bay Packers and Chicago Bears. Really exciting. We'll talk to you soon.